Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What. Today we've got Gareth Bown on and he's an accountant. Hi Gareth. Hi Daniel, how are you doing? I'm good mate, you? Yeah, yeah, I am very well, thank you. It's a beautiful yeah. sunny day, life is good. It is, it is. Um, Gareth, do you want to jump straight in and tell everyone a bit about what you do? Cool. Um, yeah, so I am an accountant, basically. I run my own uh, small practice called Gareth Lawrence Accounts. Um, Gareth Lawrence Accounting, good job. Um, remember my own name. I am on LinkedIn. I'm, I describe myself as the least boring accountant you've ever met, which is a completely baseless claim. Um, <laughs> but uh try and disprove it so accounting why on earth accounting okay oh good question right <laughs> so why accounting i when i was about 15 and you know i was like right what am i going to do with my life um i went to there was a christmas party just before i um took my gcse's um and it was at this big posh house um near to where i live and there was lots of very fancy and rich old men i felt very out of place <laughs> but i thought okay well they're going to serve me alcohol here um either i get very drunk or i go and try and find something out useful about what to do with my life um i ended up doing both um so <laughs> <laughs> i went around and asked basically just just a load of these wealthy men um what they did for a living and, and how they got there and approximately like 60 to 70 percent of them said they were accountants so it's like oh I'm, I'm an accountant but now i'm the finance director of x i'm an accountant but now i'm the managing director of y um and i was like hmm okay then i'll be an accountant um <laughs> clearly it's a it's a good route i was i've always been very entrepreneurial and i wanted to go into a business i wanted to team myself up to be a great international um ceo i was going to do accounting for a bit get qualified in that and then i was going to do marketing for a bit and then rule the world basically it's, <laughs> it's the plan I may ask, I think you may want to check what kind of parties you go to before you go to the next time. Just <laughs> <laughs> accounting people. <laughs> yeah, this is true. It was, it, was, it was not the best party I've ever been to. Not <laughs> <the party. laughs> um, so, you know, you've, at this point you've gone, right, I'm going to be an accountant. What are the actual steps you took to become one? So I, I literally Googled how to become an accountant. In fact, I Googled what is accounting first um and that came up with very boring answers so i sort of gave up and thought oh well, i'll sort of um figure out how to do it and then i'll i'm sure i'll work it out along the way um so basically what i did is i just googled how to become an accountant and um there were two main choices that were available to me one i could um do an apprenticeship i could leave school at 16 and become an apprentice i could also the other option was that i could do my a levels and then become an apprentice then um and then the third option wow i said two options didn't i um but the third option is going to university studying accountancy and doing it that way um 
I basically weighed up the options and went, okay, well, if I go to university, um, yeah, that appeals to me, but it's going to take me about four years longer to get qualified and I'm going to have a load of debt. I, I decided that I would apply for a few apprenticeships now if I got the apprenticeships um then fantastic if not then i'll just go and do my a levels um and then trying to get get an apprenticeship um but i wasn't going to go to university from that point so what route did you end up going down i did uh i got an apprenticeship at 16 and went straight into the world of accounting then um and yeah just and what, in. what was the apprenticeship like was it um was it quite full on? Did you have to do a, what was there much studying and many exams through that period? Or was it majority um, just gaining experience in an office? Yeah, so most of it was just working, really. Um, so it was a day a week of college. Um, I was studying AAT level two. Um, that's what I started off studying. Um, and yeah, so most of it, like the hardest bit was just adapting to office life. So I've gone from being a, a nice little countryside school um, with like 400 pupils um, to an office where I've got a manager and I've got accountability and responsibilities. And then not only that, I'm dealing with people's finances and stuff. And it's it was a big shock to the system not gonna lie um when i found out i lost a lot of friends around that time as well um so it was it was great for sort of career wise um and i ended up becoming a client manager with um in about six months of working there and having i think it was about 60 clients to to look after oh wow um but i'd I, I no longer could relate to any of my friends who were at sixth form um, and they were out like, oh, come on, Gareth, it's a Wednesday. Let's go to the pub. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to bed at nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really interesting point you bring up, which we haven't really touched on the podcast, actually, is if you do choose to go into an apprenticeship, you're right you have a real difference in life view from your friends that go and do a levels and then on to university because by the time they come out of university you've done six years in some in most yeah. cases whereas your friends have only just entered the world of work and in my opinion i know tom's got a slightly different opinion having gone to university i think what you did is the best route but that's my opinion i think i i think it's it varies for a lot of people um if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer 100 go to university yeah. if you want to do marketing i would say that university is a waste of time um accountancy also it's probably not the best route because but if you do go to university you can and you do well you can get into like deloitte and pwc on these fancy um postgrad schemes and just get paid a load of money even though you don't really know anything um but if you don't get onto those then it's really difficult mm. um but i think like i've gone through i've qualified and i've started my own business with six years of experience while my friends have done university 
Um, so there's a, there's a, but is but now I've, I'm finding that I've in the last couple of years, I've reconnected with a lot of my friends who I lost touch with when I was 16, 17, 18, 19. Um, because suddenly they've gone into the world of work and then it's like, oh yeah, we've got things to talk about. Like we have similarities again. And it's, it's not like a, a superiority thing. It's not because, oh, I think I'm better than them because I work. It's because I've got problems with my manager and mm. I, you know, I've, it's just completely different problems and we, we didn't really relate to each other. Um, and I don't think one route's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great point. Uh, that it, it's horses, of course, isn't it? Some people are more suited to going straight to work. Other people might enjoy the university and the life skills they build at uni, as well as getting a degree. But certainly from my experience, I, I did a very similar thing to you. I joined work after A-level as opposed to mm-hmm. uh, an apprenticeship. And you're right, you kind of, you know, my friends were leaving university and going, oh, well, I, well I've got this degree, but I don't really know what I want to do. And you're like, oh, like I wouldn't know what to do in that position at that age if I was kind of just like floating around afterwards. It, like like Tom did a degree in mechanical engineering and that was what he wanted to go into. But loads of them came out and were like, well, I don't really know what to do now. And it's kind of like, oh, um, you know, you can't relate, can you? <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I feel like quite often universities used as a thing, uh, like you say, I don't know what to do. Oh, I just go to university because that's that's the route to go. Yeah. And I think that's very much the wrong thing. I, I think if I was in that situation where um, I just finished my A-levels and I wanted to get into the world of work, but I didn't really know what to do and maybe I'm not quite ready to enter like the full world of work or go into an office or anything like that, I'd probably, if I could i'd just go and move to a different place and work in a cafe for a bit um just explore the world and explore my interests a little bit and then come back and go okay right i've got um i i've discovered that i've got a real love for history um and i'm gonna go gonna go into that because i've spent some time just searching online and reading books or whatever and and you've got a bit more of an idea and at that point it might be a good idea to to get into the the student debt even though in the uk it's not so much of an issue Mm. elsewhere in the world that's a great point so what is an average day like for an accountant what kind of tasks are you doing in in that career oh good question okay so um as like an employed accountant yes um it generally starts off with some form of daily huddle. Um, you sort of, you, you go in, you have your coffee, you spend five minutes, you talk about what you're going to do for the day. And, and some days it will be, you're just working on this set of accounts. Um, so part of that. It's a lot of numbers, isn't it? A lot of balancing of figures and, and, and whatnot, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's basically going through and saying, does that number accurately reflect what's happened in the year? Um, and you've basically got lots of different things to match that to. Um, a simple one would be you, you go through and you check the, the accounts, have the, um, the bank balance, and then you look at the bank statement for the year end. And if it's all good, then it matches. If it's not, 
um then you've got a completely different figure and then basically you have a little cry to yourself um <laughs> and, then, and then you set about working out where it's gone wrong and that's that's basically what you spend most of the time doing as you get higher up um say you get to sort of like a senior level or a manager level um you then start looking at more of the tax rules and the stuff but as a junior position it's about preparing the accounts and preparing tax returns so people send in information um, for their tax return and you say okay that's fine that goes into that box that goes into that box um or good i think we might be missing some information because i'm guessing they work from home and then you put that to the manager um and then the manager will say yep yeah, send out that email requesting that particular bit of information it's not the most interesting work in the world if it's particularly like if you're junior but the sort of the more senior you get you go okay right so you've got a company this is something i've been dealing with recently um the company's been doing well they've got 50 60 grand sat in the bank um and they're thinking about starting a rental um prop they want to buy a rental property so they go what's the most tax efficient way of doing that what's the what's the best way of doing that so then i go away i would think about it I speak to some other accountants. I speak to the tax specialists. Okay, if I do this, what are the consequences? What forms do I need to do? Great. And then I can go back to the client and talk about that. And that's where it gets really interesting. And uh, where did you come to the decision to uh, start your own firm? Why why the move um, from sort of a probably a comfortable employed uh, situation to actually taking that leap and doing it all yourself? Yeah, okay. So... The situation at the time was um, that I was traveling an hour and a half each way to work. Um, so that was quite miserable. And I'd leave at like 7 a.m., get back at 7, 8 p.m. Um, and I was very disillusioned with the work I was doing. I felt just like a, a number cruncher in a back room. Um, and I, I just wasn't enjoying it, to be honest with you. Um, I had been on a, on a trip with my dad a few years before. Um, we'd gone to, to Malawi in Africa and I'd, I'd met some people who were traveling the world and I was like, wow, I need to do that. And then from that point on, being stuck in an office was like the worst thing that I could have been doing um so I'd, I'd spend my days just sort of like gazing out the window like almost like you do at school um and just thinking about like the world that I'm missing out on so it was at that point I was like right I'm going to leave this job and I'm going to do something that I can travel the world hold on there's the technology to run an accounts firm that I can um do from anywhere but the the firm that I'm working for none of it's remote you can't be a remote worker they don't allow that um, the irony is that if I had stayed through COVID, I'd be able to work remotely. Um, <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, the option to stay at the firm isn't there. Um, I want to see the world. I can do it on my own. Let's just go and, and set it up. And to be honest, it was, it was a bit early to set up your own accounts firm in terms of I was a bit young and inexperienced, not going to lie. Um, I've been doing it now for uh three years um self-employed um and it is it's been fantastic and i was 
reflecting yesterday i was doing some work in costa um and i thought actually you know what i'm so happy and that is what life's about isn't it is it yeah, almost absolutely so it's the accountants that sit in costa with their laptops <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a software guys, fair enough. Um, I always thought it was marketers. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are some personality traits you think are critical for an accountant? Oh, now that's a good question because I I have the personality traits that do not make a good accountant, not gonna lie. Um I <laughs> so you've got to be very detail oriented for one. Um, you've got to be very methodical um, and you've got to be able to look at figures for a long time and just work through it step by step by step. You have a process that you go through and you just you just do it like that. And that was one of the other things that I knew I needed to set up on my own. I knew that I couldn't do another sort of five years of, of this methodicalness because that's not how I naturally am. Um, I'm naturally quite social. Um, I just want to get things done and sorted and then give people like really great advice, but I couldn't do that as a number cruncher and methodical person. Um, but you sort of need to go through that um, in order to get to the position where you can provide the valuable advice and go on the golf days and do all of the, the fun client facing stuff. So I basically just shortcutted that by, by going out on my own and thought well I can get other people to do that work um so I, I will <laughs> <laughs> why not I, no, I, I make you right it sounds like to me that you kind of got stuck in the you know the office environment which I can relate to massively and it was just very draining but instead of kind of sitting there and going oh you know i've just got to do this for another five years another 10 years and i'll get to where you know the golf days and all that you've <laughs> actually gone out on your own and done it and created for yourself which i think is very admirable so um yeah it's, it's, it's wicked to hear when people do that i think thank you i appreciate that pleasure um what for you would you say is the biggest positive of the accounting industry you know that you might take away personally from it um it can be when you're employed or, or now starting your business but what's the biggest positive of working in the industry oh good point okay so the industry is divided into sort of three different sections you've got the dinosaur accountants i'll probably get shredded for calling them that um you're the second accountant to use that reference on this podcast so don't worry <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you've got the dinosaur accountants who just do your year-end stuff you, you've got nine months after the year end to do it they do it in eight months and 25 days um and they're not, they're not very sociable they are your stereotypical accountant um, you've got a lot of the big firms, the big corporates, PwC, all of those big guys, they're sort of in a league of their own. They're sort of separate. Um, and then you've got the small businesses sort of embracing tech and sort of really forward thinking. Um, so I'm going to speak at it from that point of view, the sort of the more forward thinking normally smaller firms embracing 
cloud technology and all of that fun stuff. Sure. Um, so from that point of view is really supportive. So everyone in, in that community will really help each other. Um, and, you know, there's not much rivalry. The, the kind of overarching opinion in the world of that world of accountants is that there's more than enough work for everybody. So let's just work together and give the best work we can. And together we can take as much work off the dinosaurs as possible. Um, and the other thing is the, the tech in accounting is, is looking pretty exciting. Um, wow, I realized I put on a really boring voice. It's looking very <laughs> um but, but no it seriously is um there's a lot of new new accounting startups um which are, are really interesting and like there's there's a lot of stuff with ai um and yeah i think there's a lot of scope for someone i think there's going to be a new sort of subsection of accountancy where techies can get involved where you've got programmers who can help link all of this software together and is their time just researching the different softwares um and how they how they link together and, and i think that's going to be a, a more common role within firms that's certainly something i'm looking at to do in the next few years um get someone in who's an expert on all of this different tech um as an in-house techie person to link it all together and make sure all the clients are on the on the best stuff and i said that's probably one of the most exciting things coming up and on the flip side of that though what are some of the less favorable aspects of this industry definitely gets a bad rep um less favorable i think for me oh i'm really stumped actually um no worries i think you're right on it gets a bad rep i think it is you know the, the word accountant you brought it up you know there are there are those dinosaurs out there and probably a lot of the outside world probably pictures mm. those above anything else when you hear the word accountants. Yeah, I I agree. And I, I feel like they bring the profession down as, as a whole, um, which is a, a bit of a shame. But there's, you know, if you look on LinkedIn and, and you think what's an accountant, then you'll see some pretty cool people because there's some really there's some really cool accountants on LinkedIn doing some really funny um and, and great stuff who are really doing a lot to change the perception of accountants um but the worst so the question the worst thing about the accounting industry yeah i say probably the repetitive the repetitiveness if you're if it's a job mm. um if you're an employee um and you're an accountant like you, you're actually producing the accounts um it can get quite tedious, but on the flip side of that, yes, it's a process, but there's always different aspects to it. So there's always more to learn. Um, so clutching at straws, it can be a bit tedious. Yeah, sure. Uh, so what would be something that's probably not in an accountant's job description, but you still have to deal with? My head immediately goes to office politics. Yeah, um, that's a good one. <laughs> um yeah de dealing with these these meetings that are unnecessary mm. i think possibly 
Um, I feel like that's a bit of a weak answer as well, though. No, 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 that's that's fine. I mean, that you know, that may well be the case, or maybe it's even dealing with with difficult people, di- difficult business owners. I'm sure there's stuff like that that happens. Yeah. So there's a lot. Ah, you know what? Right. So dealing with fees. So in in your job description, it's all about producing accounts and tax returns and dealing with client queries, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But in certainly in the firms that I've worked at, there's a big emphasis on how the billing's done and where the time's allocated to. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, when when you you work at a firm, you're you're paid ten pounds an hour or whatever. Um, and where I worked before, I think it was, I think it was paid about 12 pounds an hour. And my time was billed at 75 pounds an hour. And I had to account for every five minutes of every day. Um, and I needed, uh, the target was 90% chargeable time. Now, when it comes to doing timesheets, say, say you don't do your timesheet for like two days is which people quite often don't do. Um, is basically they're just completely made up so you're basically managing okay that client can afford it i've you know i've not put too much time to there um so okay i'll put that to there i'll time on that client generally gets written off anyway so i'll I'll put some there um and part of that whole billing conversation um there's a there's a big there's a big aspect of that in terms of what you do and how that uh, deals with what you do on a daily basis yeah no, that's interesting i think a lot of service industries have tried to incorporate that kind of technology um i know just before, when i was leaving um the city that was something that was coming in in the industry i was working in, you know billing for time or trying to allocate time and, and justify fees based on that but the yeah. technology is just not quite there yet so it's very difficult to do and and like you say can sometimes leave kind of an awkward time shoot where you're like well i think i did that i think i did this i'm not yeah. too sure but yeah <laughs> and, then, and then you get to the end of the day and it's like oh i spent an hour going to the loo and making coffee oh that's not right oh, i changed that to half an hour and put another half an hour <laughs> yeah but it's just it's complete crap yeah. the whole lot of it <laughs> and uh would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now you know what possibly not okay interesting um, what makes you say that so i i'm guessing so i don't like i definitely don't regret coming into this at all because mm. it's allowed me to have a business that works for me and it's going to allow me to travel and i'm building a business which i find really exciting and i'm working with awesome clients um and, and doing really great work for them as well and, and really helping them to, to completely change their business. But those years in the office, you know what? They were grim. Um, mm. I had a horrible manager. But then, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if maybe if I went into marketing, I'd probably be a quicker success. Or if I went into, yeah, I don't know. Jury's out on that one. No, that's, that's a very honest answer. So thank you for that. And thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear all about your journey so far. And I wish you the best of luck with your business. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate your time. It's great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Uh, where can people find you, find your business and see what you're up to? 
Lovely stuff. So my website is uh, garethlawrence.co.uk, um, but you'll have better luck finding me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm just Gareth Brown. Um, it's brown, but no R. And then I've got a wave emoji after my name. And I'm quite active on there. So just shoot me a message. Brilliant. Thank you, Gareth. Cheers, guys. Bye.